G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations, Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as a principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. If you've ever competed in sport, what is the worst thing that can happen? In today's program, we're going to see that it's not losing the grace, it's something even worse. Our series is entitled Heartfelt and Inspired, Understanding 2 Corinthians, a verse-by-verse commentary. And what we're seeing here in 2 Corinthians as we enter into the final chapter, chapter 13, is Paul is talking about being qualified or disqualified in the race. The term used is reprobate, somebody who is disqualified, who has been ruled out of lawful competition, somebody who, even worse than that, they're not fit to be a member of the community, or at least not in the reserve community, the elite community, because they may be a scoundrel, a miscreant, a good-for-nothing, a difficult, horrible individual. Reprobate is a good term. Disqualified is also a good term. And what Paul is going to deal with is in chapter 13, verses 1 to 7 of 2 Corinthians. Now, he says here, I'm coming to you the third time. And he quotes from Deuteronomy that tells us that out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, a testimony shall be established. Well, Paul's witness is one. The testimony of his companions is another, whether it was Sosthenes or whether it was Titus. So, the evidence is there that there are some in the Corinthian church, the rebels, that could be reprobate, disqualified. And the last thing the rest of the church needs is that the leaven of reprobateness will move over and discolor them. So, he's saying, be careful here. He goes on to tell that when he arrives, he is not going to spare. If you think that he's so bold in his letters, but he's weak and contemptible in speech and appearance, you have another thing coming. When he arrives, he's going to be even more over the top than anything that's written in a letter. And oftentimes that's actually the case. In letters, we can be, you know, nuanced, but when we come in person, it's full on. Some people are the opposite. But whatever it is, Paul says, I'm not going to spare. You want to seek proof in me that Christ is working? You'll see the proof with authority, with power, bearing in mind that I'm coming to discipline, not to punish, but to restore you and to make sure you are not reprobate. Remember the example of Jesus, Paul goes on to say. He was crucified in weakness, and yet he was raised by the power of God, and he lives by the power of God, so that we also, who are, quote-unquote, weak in Christ, 
will actually be the most empowered of all. Now, let me read to you from this verses 5 and 6 of 2 Corinthians 13. Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates? But I trust that ye shall know that we are not reprobates. All right, we have to look into our own hearts to make sure that we are walking with God and not disqualified. Can you imagine going to the stadium and you're going to enter in so that you can run the race and you're told you can't enter in, you've been disqualified. I think that is a far more humiliating thing than running the race and losing honorably, for sure. But you know, it's like everything else. We can go to the doctor and have him diagnose that we have a problem, but it's always good to spot the problem in yourself before you seek medical help. The same applies spiritually. We're told here, examine ourselves to see if we're in the faith and to prove our own selves. Make sure we remain qualified. You want to make sure you're qualified, friends? Learn the Word of God, put it into practice, and you'll have nothing to worry about. Now we're going to read the entire passage of 2 Corinthians chapter 13. The chapter title is, We Are Not Reprobates. Verses 1 to 7 of 2 Corinthians 13. This is the third time I am coming to you. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. I told you before and foretell you as if I were present the second time, and being absent now, I write to them which hitherfore have sinned, and to all other that if I come again, I will not spare. Since you seek a proof of Christ speaking in me, which to you, word, is not weak, but is mighty in you. For though he was crucified through weakness, yet he liveth by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God toward you. Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. But I trust that ye shall know that we are not reprobates. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 to 7. Our lesson here, I'll simply call it, we are not disqualified. Fair enough. How do we know we're not disqualified? Because we're living according to God's word by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how to make sure, in a nutshell, you stay qualified to run the godly race. All right, let's begin with verse 1, where Paul is saying, this is the third time I'm coming to you. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. All right, it's pretty clear. First of all, Paul is announcing his third visit. He quotes from Deuteronomy 19, verse 15, about a true witness, a true witness that would stand in a court of law, or basically the court of God, is two or three. You don't convict somebody just because one person said it. You've got to convict them on at least two or three credible, truthful witnesses. So when it comes to the testimony of the church at Corinth, there are at least three witnesses that we can mention by name. Paul, Sosthenes, and Timothy. And that's not counting the anonymous brethren that came with Titus. All these faithful, reliable, credible witnesses will establish a truthful consensus about the situation found in the Corinthian church. 
And can I say, in a culture that is increasingly not valuing truth, what it is, not realizing that truth is the light of life, that truth actually will set them free, that embraces relativism, half-truths, spin, and all these other things that really are leading them down a dangerous path. We need to remember truth is our friend, truth empowers, truth liberates. Jesus Christ is the truth, according to John 14, verse 6. And we need to walk in that truth because, after all, we have the light of life. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Verse 2 of 2 Corinthians 13. I have told you before, and even now foretell, as if I were present the second time, and now being absent, I write to those who have sinned before, and to all the rest, that if I come again, I will not spare. All right. Basically, what is Paul saying here? I've told you this ahead of time, and I'm speaking as if I were present with you, and even though I'm not yet present with you, I am absent, I write these things for those who have sinned. Now, who are those who have sinned? It's the rebellious minority who are flocking around the false apostle there at Corinth. This is by conjecture, of course. And to all the rest, meaning the majority in the church at Corinth, who have returned to the leadership of Paul, he says, if I come again, I will not spare. So, just to make this point crystal clear, I told you and I tell you again, as if I'm present with you even though I'm absent, and I write to the sinners. Now, who are the sinners? We learn they are those that are unclean, lewd, fornicators, and there could be other things thrown in the mix. And I write to the others as well, that when I come, I will not spare. This means that I am perfectly equipped as the apostle to administer punishment on recalcitrant sinners. All right? I've just paraphrased this for you. Paul is saying he's coming to clean up house. Now, this kind of full force is not very common, even in the ancient church, and it's certainly not today. But let me give you a little tip here. It is much better to have someone like Paul come into the church and sort things out as a human, empowered by God, led of God, but he's human, rather than have God do it. I'm telling you, it's two very different things. I mean, I'd rather have the wrath of Paul than the wrath of God. And I know that phrase causes people to get very nervy, and they don't even like to think that God has wrath. Well, God does have wrath. That's pretty clear in the scripture. Thank God he doesn't use it very often. And frankly, we need to make sure he doesn't use it on us. There is a way to avoid it. After all, we read it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9. God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God he hasn't appointed us to wrath, but it does imply that wrath is available. And when it happens, friends, it's no picnic. It is a terrible situation. So what Paul is doing here, he's actually, even though he's talking tough, and he will be tough, yet he's actually showing great mercy. Better to have me, this human father figure, sort things out rather than have God come in full force and sort things out. Because if God comes, they will feel like it is a grand earthquake and a whole lot more. What did David say? He found out, or he said, I'd rather fall into the hands of the Lord because his mercies are great. Don't let me fall into the hands of men. Well, yes, his mercies are great, but it is a fearful thing, it also tells us in Scripture, to fall in the hands 
of the living God. So better to be corrected now, learn the lessons now, take it from human apostles and pastors and other things now, rather than face a whirlwind down the track. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Spiritual maturity and fruitfulness and our well-being depends on it. Verse 3 of 2 Corinthians 13 says, You seek proof that Christ speaks through me, who is not weak towards you, but mighty in you. That's a wonderful thing. You want to see that Christ is speaking through me. He is not weak towards you. He is mighty towards you. Now, the proof is that you responded to the gospel in the first place. And in addition, when I come, I will demonstrate full apostolic authority to correct the sinners. Because remember, my purpose is to be restorative, not destructive. So you want to see the proof? When I come, you'll see the proof that Christ in me, the hope of glory, is ministering to you. Then we have, again, an amazing truth spoken in 2 Corinthians 13, verse 4. Speaking of our Lord Jesus, for though he was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God toward you. Beautiful verse. Christ was crucified in weakness. Well, you see, to be crucified doesn't just weaken a person, it kills a person. And as I've often said, the weakest living person is mightier than the strongest dead person. Jesus wasn't weak when he lived in heavenly splendor before his earthly ministry. Jesus wasn't weak when he ministered in ancient Israel and Galilee and Jerusalem He was not weak at all. He was greatly empowered. But when he was in his passion, and especially when he was crucified, that was the weakness. The fact is he suffered. He was in pain. He was humiliated. He went through unspeakable experiences. I can't even begin to describe what it was like. I read a medical report of what a crucifixion would be like. It is horrific beyond words. He went through all that in weakness so that we might be made holy, forgiven of sins, and empowered. So though he was, as it were, possessed all power, he temporarily laid it aside to die on the cross for our sins. And praise God, because he did this, he didn't remain weak, but he was raised from the dead and lives today by the power of God. So we too can be weak in Christ, meaning we appear limited and helpless in the natural, but we live with and in the power of God towards you. So don't be fooled by outward appearances, as so many are today. We look at the outward and are totally oblivious to the inward. God doesn't operate that way. God is not impressed by outward appearances. God looks at the heart. Verses 5 and 6, very important. So we're told to examine ourselves to see if we're in the faith, We're to test ourselves, and we need to know, is Jesus Christ in us unless we're disqualified? But I trust that you will know that we are not disqualified. No, we are qualified. Examine yourself, prove, and know yourself, and make sure that Jesus Christ is in your heart. May I add, make sure he's in your heart, not in your head. Because there's many people who say they're Christian, they think about Jesus, they say that they follow him, they believe in him, they believe he's the son of God, they believe in the Bible. That's all lovely, but is it from the heart or is it in the head alone? Because if it's in the head alone, it's not enough to save the soul. 
He has to be in the heart. The heart or the human spirit is that which is born again. And when you're born again, friend, you can see the kingdom of God. So we need to examine and make sure that he's there. Because if he's not in our heart, if he's not in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory, we're in danger of being disqualified or reprobate. Now, the Greek word for reprobate or disqualified is adokimos, adokimos, meaning one that fails the test, not approved, a castaway, a reject, and so on. This is a serious situation. Adokimos means that those who fail the test of purity and genuineness are thrown aside. The implication here is rejection by God and subject to eternal condemnation. You know, that's like taking someone to the cliff and saying, if you're not careful and you slip, that's your destination way down below. Sometimes that's a healthy exercise, taking to the cliff and making sure there's good railing so they don't fall over. Verse 6 gives some hope here. It says, everything the apostle did and his team did was in the truth, was in faith, was done in the power of God. They are not disqualified, and therefore they set a good example for us all. So our lesson is entitled, We Are Not Disqualified. And our lesson for life, friends, do everything in your power to be found genuine in Christ, since your life and eternal destiny depend on it. May I put it this way, do everything in your power to make sure Christ is in you because your life and destiny are also wrapped in it. Remember to visit us at our homepage where you can subscribe to the free monthly Issachar teaching e-letter, helping you to become future ready with articles on scripture, victorious living, and current events in the light of God's word. You can also visit us at our Facebook page, Teach All Nations, Education, and thank you for liking our page. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Help us to understand what it means to be qualified in Christ, that Christ is in our lives by faith, that we're born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, walking on the path of the just. Help us to make sure that we are qualified. And if any of my listeners are not sure that Christ is in them, I lead them now in a simple prayer. Friend, pray with me if you're not sure Christ is in you. Father in heaven, I have heard your word. I respond. I open my heart wide that Jesus Christ, Son of God, King of glory, comes into my heart, into my life, takes full control, cleanses me from sin, is Lord over my life, gives me forgiveness, the new birth, and eternal life. Thank you, Father, that these things are mine by faith, and therefore, by your word and your grace, I am qualified to be your child forever and ever. In Christ's name, amen. Today's On The Rock was brought to you by Teach All Nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, to download podcasts, view our online store, attend special events, sign up for our teaching newsletter, make a donation to support this ministry, or to invite Dr. Camille to speak, log on to www.tan.org.au or write to us at Post Office Box 493, Mount Waverley, 3149. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.